Texas Tech football added another key piece in five, former five-star tight end Baylor Cup from Texas A&M today. Hear what that means for the roster going forward and much more on today's episode of Locked On Texas Tech. Our Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Texas Tech, and thank you for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. I'm Emery Lida, longtime Texas Tech analyst and writer. Going solo today as Ryan enjoys his week off, and today I'm going to be talking, firstly, about the addition of five-star tight end Baylor Cup from the 2019 class. Cup originally committed to Texas A&M in 2019 and really had to deal with a couple of big injuries, obviously, in 2019 missed the entire season after suffering an ankle seat. After suffering an ankle injury in preseason. And then following that in 2020, he suffered a shoulder injury in preseason and missed the entire season for that as well. 2019, he had a medical red shirt in 2020. He simply did not play. But in 2021, he was finally able to see the field for the Aggies where he did not record a single stat. However, he did play in 10 games, starting one. And really, Cup is a guy that coming into the program at Texas A&M was seen as a really, really talented piece. I mean, he was a five-star per 247 sports for a reason. Obviously, he had the size and athleticism that really you want to see out of a tight end. I mean, he's someone with a lot of stature. He's going to remind you of someone on the roster. He's 6'7", 245. Measurable is not too far off of what Mason Tharps is, but certainly, I mean, Cup is a guy that coming into college was seen as really a versatile threat as a tight end. Offered a lot of the run, run blocking options and support that you want to see out of a modern day tight end, as well as the pass catching that stars in that position have been used as. And so, really, I mean, this is another really good addition for Joey McGuire and company. I mean, you look at getting a guy that was a former five star, has that kind of talent. It's something that really feels good, especially when you can get it from a Texas A&M program that obviously Tech hasn't played in a while, but certainly a team that you still want to be taking talent from. And follows in a nice trend. You've saw that with Tyree Wilson as well as Tech got him as a transfer, really late addition in 2020 from A&M. And Wilson was a former four-star that hadn't really seen the field much, and that worked out beautifully for him at Tech. So Cup's a really good addition. I'm not sure exactly how he's going to fit into this roster. Obviously, it's been in the grapevine for a little bit in terms of looking at the potential addition to the team, but I mean, it was made more more apparent over the last couple of days that this was something that was going to happen. Obviously, we saw Jed Castles, the second-year tight end that kind of was behind Tharp on the depth chart during spring. We saw him transfer out, and that kind of raised alarms that something might be happening. And obviously, word got around the cup was a guy that obviously had entered the market a few weeks ago. McGuire reached out to him. By all accounts, this was a deal that had been in the works for a little while, and it's nice to have him. I think that at, at a minimum, he's going to be a nice step piece. He's got a good experience playing special teams. He's obviously highly coveted, has the physical tool set to play in any sort of offense. I'm not sure exactly how Zach Kelly's going to be using his tight ends, but certainly the guy like Mason Tharp out there, you can't expect him to get all of the snaps of tight end, but he'll have his fair share of opportunities, I believe. And if nothing else, it's a good athletic depth piece to have in your locker room i think that 
Cup is going to be someone that you can look at as a really in, impactful piece going forward, even if this year it doesn't really pan out in terms of him getting a lot of catches, because I think that there's a lot to be said about what Zach Kelly decides to do offensively. Certainly, we don't know how much he can use, utilize the tight ends. At Western Kentucky, obviously, they had two that got injured, and so Kelly didn't use much many tight ends over the course of his three years at Houston Baptist. Tight ends really didn't get utilized much at all in that offense, and so I think that it's going to be interesting to see how Kelly balances in, because from a personnel standpoint, you have Mason Tharp now, who's maybe the best tight end in the Big 12 from a pure talent standpoint coming back. Now, obviously, you add Cup into the rotation. He's another guy that can really be a versatile piece. If, you, if nothing else will be used in the run blocking game. But I think utilizing his speed and versatility in, in the open field is going to be critical. And obviously, key for Cup is going to be just to stay healthy. If he can do that and sort of establish himself over the fall camp and heading into the season, it's pretty fair to assume that he's going to play some sort of role for the team. So all in all, Cup is a really good addition to have. He's someone that provides versatility and that he's a good run blocker, can be a good pass catcher. He adds another athletic piece to your roster. Now you can run a lineup that has five guys over six foot four that are eligible to be pass catchers. Now, are they ever going to do that? No, because as we mentioned in one of our football previews a couple of weeks back, you're talking about Miles Price being one of the best players on this roster returning. And so he's going to get a lot of options at slot. But basically, size and athleticism is not going to be an issue for the tech receivers, especially the tech tight ends. Adding on to Mason Tharp, I mean, Jed Castles was a really good player. I think that eventually is going to have a good role at some D1 university. But I think it's fair to say that Cup is an upgrade from a pure talent standpoint. So just staying healthy, staying out of trouble, making sure that the ankle injury suffered freshman year doesn't come back, making sure shoulder injury isn't recurring. I mean, those are just things that you want to see out of any player. You don't want to see players getting hurt. So for a couple more than anyone, I think staying healthy, just getting a full college season under his belt is going to be good to know. And going forward, I think you can really look at it as him having the opportunity to continue to grow and develop as a player. And who knows? I mean, Mason Tharp still has three to four years, three years of eligibility left. And Cup has three years as well, I believe. So it's guys that are going to be able to play a lot in your program. And that's a really good tight end duo to have. And I'm excited to see what Cup can do on campus when he gets to Tech and when he establishes himself over the fall. But with that said, we've been talking about basketball a lot lately. There's been some rumors about news coming up, but yesterday we heard an important player in Kendrick Davis released his top seven with Tech on it. So coming up next, we're going to talk about that. But first, I have a message from Bill Barr. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. Even in April, I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you are missing out on one of Built Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallow-y, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. And guess what? They're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite, and just like every other billboard, they have some incredible flavors, such as yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. They're all so good. They're going to be your new, new favorite. And all Bilt Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, including the Puffs. That's right. They have 100% real chocolate. And guess what? They're also low in calorie, too, and, have the, and they have high protein. So you can replace your favorite candy bar, and they'll be better and more efficient for you. A typical candy bar will run you anywhere from two to 300 calories, Whereas Built Bars only contain about 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and around 17 grams of protein. 
So a candy bar, way less efficient than that. And they also have a lot less sugar than a candy bar, which has up to 30 grams and dozens of net carbs. And beyond that, just look at the flavors they have. There's mint brownie, there's coconut, there's coconut almond. And new for this month, there's the white chocolate cookies and cream. And that tastes absolutely delicious, but they're all delicious. And more than that, new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor is going to be good, they'll make it. And it will be delicious and good for you. At Built Bar, they all care about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, and then they figure out how to make it healthy. I don't know how they make it healthy, but somehow they do it every single time. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off of your order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. Now we have a big announcement. Starting Thursday, April 28th, tune into Locked On NFL Drafts live coverage for the 2022 NFL Draft with three days of real-time analysis from our extensive lineup and experts and, and insiders. And for those of you dying to know who your team will take, I wonder who the Chiefs are going to take. Catch Audacity and Locked On NFL Mock Draft Special hosted by Brian Peacock and former scout Matt Williamson of the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show all week leading up to their first pick. So that's Locked On NFL Draft Live on the Locked On NFL Draft YouTube pages where you can find it. And also the Odyssey NFL Mock Draft and Odyssey Locked On NFL Draft podcast feeds wherever you get your podcasts. And that will be once again from April 28th at 7 p.m., April 29th at 6.30 p.m., and April 30th starting at 11.30 a.m. So again, just be on the lookout for that. And also stay tuned for the Odyssey NFL Mock Draft from April 18th the 22nd, as well as April 25th, right before the draft. So talking about Texas Tech basketball now, getting back to the good sport that ended last month. And so far this offseason, we've seen a lot of discussion about who's going to be on Tech's roster, who's coming back, who's staying. Obviously, the transfer portal has been very interesting to monitor. Obviously, you had Demarion Williams coming to Tech from Gardner-Webb. You've heard TJ Shannon and all of the sort of interesting stuff going on around him over the last couple months. And now you have another guy that is really coveted in Kendrick Davis, who by all accounts is probably the best player in the portal, if not the best, one of the best players. I mean, look at what he did at SMU. And you're talking about a guy that averaged over 19 points per game last season, four and a half assists to 2.7 turnovers, primary ball, he never shot. 37% 37% from three, his best season by far from a three-point standpoint. He took six and a half a game and made them at a 37% clip, which is really impressive to do. And more than anything, he is just a ball handler that if you get him single-handedly upgrades your roster significantly. And I'm, I could speak for a number of minutes on Kendrick Davis's play style, but basically the big thing to know offensively he's probably the best facilitator you're going to find in the portal and if he's not the best he's close to it because he's got obviously the pedigree of having 7.6 assists in his junior season at smu he's someone that can make high level creative passes out of the pick and roll he can get to the paint well prior to this past season he was really aggressive attacking the rim this season took more of a three-point centric approach a lot of pull-up jump shots almost half of his attempts were from three this past season so Davis is someone that's played in a variety of different capacities offensively, but just a real good spark for your offense. And regardless of what you think of how his defense is, because I do think there's a little bit of concern there just due to the size, he's someone that offensively is going to come in and instantly be the best player on the roster for pretty much most teams that he plays for. And Texas Tech is no exception. I mean, 
and you bring in a guy like Kendrick Davis, and it is absolutely incredible what he can do for your team. I mean, Texas Tech last season did not have a ball handler that could be anywhere near the magnitude of Kendrick Davis. I mean, no, no disrespect to the guys that Tech had on the roster, but Davis is one of those guys that is going to be an all-time great college point guard if you look at his stats. I don't think that's hyperbole to say. I mean, I don't think he's going to be like a all-time like greatest point guard by any means but he's someone if you look at smu history he's going to be one of those guys that they remember as a conference player of the year he's someone average over 19 points per game twice in a row he's someone that could feasibly get to 2,000 points for his career which is not easy to do in college and to add on to that he's not that far away from reaching 700 assists somewhere around that range i think that's a doable mark to reach for him so, like, Kendrick Davis is going to be a player that has the stats that put him up there among the 60 to 80 best college players of all time. And looking at his offensive impact, I think that you could say that he could come into Tech and be a top 10 player in the country next year, could be an All-American. That's the type of guy we're talking about with Kendrick Davis. So to be in the top seven for him, I think it's really important. Now, do I think he's he's going to commit to Tech, given that he – announced that he would be committing on Friday at, I believe, 8 p.m. Eastern time, 7 p.m. Central. I'm a little bit more skeptical on that because so far the only confirmed visit is that, that he took his to Memphis. Obviously, I'm trying to kind of confirm if he took a visit to Tech or not. I don't think he did, but there are some conflicting reports out there. And I don't know if I'll be the one to report that, but certainly stay tuned for that sort of information because I think that's really important to kind of keep an eye out on that just because it's, very rare to see someone that took a visit somewhere and then committed to another place that he didn't visit. I mean, we've seen it before, but it would be a little bit surprising. So Memphis certainly seems to be the front runner. Other schools that are on his final list, obviously you have Texas and Chris Beard. I don't think they're going to be in the mix for him. I mean, I obviously knock on wood on that, but he's someone that hasn't taken a visit to Texas by any means. And I don't think Texas has pursued him too hard. You got his old old school in TCU, and if that is why the name sounds familiar to someone that just watched in 2018-2019, it'd be because he had, had a pretty decent year there in his true freshman year before going to SMU. And you've got Houston. It's another team that I think is going to play into this race, but I don't know if they're going to be necessarily the number one pick. You've got Kansas, who also seems to be out of the race just because of the guard depth that they have. And then you have Gonzaga, who seemingly gets in the mix of a lot of transfers. And I think that they're kind of just filling out the filling out the water, seeing how it goes. So I think that overall you're looking at mainly a Houston versus Memphis race. But if Tech can get into that, if they can get a visit, if they can get Davis interested, I think that could be a really important addition. Beyond that, there's some more guys on the roster that I think are going to be taking a step. Obviously, we talked about Miley Wilson yesterday. If you did not see that, you should check it out on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. And then also, I mean, there's some behind-the-scenes smoke going on. A certain point guard from the Pac-12 that, by all accounts, seems like he's going to be headed towards Tech. Can't really say anything because there's a lot that's kind of undercover. But as I start to, as more becomes available to the public, you will hear it. You'll hear it. And you'll hear our insight from Locked on Texas Tech, wherever said point guard ends up going. But... I'm hopeful. I think that at a minimum, your guard situation is going to be upgraded from last year, whether it be from Kendrick Davis or this other potential guard coming to town. And let me just say, I'll give a little bit of a hint. It's someone that Tech has already been interested in in the transfer portal last year that could possibly be deciding to transfer again. There's a lot of smoke behind that. That's all I'll say. But for now, Kendrick Davis is a guy that announced Tech as being one of his final seven schools. I wouldn't say that Tech is the most likely team to get him 
and to end up getting his services, but it could happen. They're certainly in the running and to be in the running for a prospect that talented, it's nice to see, should give you some more optimism. But coming up next, we're going to talk about some Jalen Tyson because I asked for some questions and that was the one that I got that really intrigued me. So I'm going to take a look at what Jalen Tyson could bring to this upcoming Texas Tech basketball team. But first, I have a message from Rock Auto. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Oh, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait, while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry, you have computers with access to rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket, and that is much more efficient. To save time and money when using Rock Auto, you could spend 30% to 50% to even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or your car dealership, or you could simply use your own computer or phone just to, just to buy it at Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-yourselfers for over 20 years. The prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything that you could need, from brake parts to tail lamps to motor oil, and now even new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for your auto part needs. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. They have amazing selection, reliably low price, and all the parts that your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Speaking of rocking, let's hope Ty- let's hope Jalen Tyson is able to rock in, Texas Tech- in a Texas Tech uniform next year. Because I tell you what, his potential is through the roof. He's someone that both Ryan and I are very excited to watch next year. Ryan's been high on the Jalen Tyson train for as long as I can remember. Obviously, even before he decided to come back to Texas Tech, even when he was at Texas, we were all very high on him. Before that, obviously, as a Texas Tech commit last year, he was very very highly talented. Consensus four-star prospect from St. Paul. A lot of talent that he displayed in high school was the primary ball handler, really a do-it-all do type of wing. The shot looked really pretty. He's someone that can be an absolute menace on the court. Obviously, there are some limitations. I think his athleticism might be a little bit of a limiting factor, but he's got the size, certainly not a negative athlete, and he's someone that could be play a really big part. And so we had a question from Tyler at Ty Petrimule, I believe, is the way you pronounce that. Sorry if I'm wrong on that. But he said, haven't heard y'all talk too much on Jalen Tyson. What's your outlook on him and his role moving into next year? And so the way I look at this, Jalen Tyson, this year was essentially kind of a free year for him because he came to Texas, didn't get to play much under Chris Beard, transferred, whatever. That's not my place here to talk for an hour about Texas basketball. This is a Texas type podcast. Let's face it. Chris Beard's the coach of Texas. His roster is what it is. I don't really care. But the point is Jalen Tyson transferred. And then he had basically a full semester to get everything together. He had time to work on his game, to fit in with the current team, to see how practices went, to sort of be do everything but actually play for this team. He participated in scrimmages. He got a lot of work in. Supposedly, a lot of people in the program were very high on the work that he did over the course of the season as both a guy getting to play against other competition and just some of the internal growth that we saw from him within the program. There's been a lot of great comments on his development as a player. And that's very encouraging when we look at what his role is going to be next year, because I think there's a very realistic chance that he could come into next year 
as one of your two or three most important wing pieces on the roster. And last year, Tech was really deep at wing. You had Kevin McCuller, you had TJ Shan, you had Adonis Arms, you had Davion Warren, Jibuzel Agbo. You had all of those guys that were capable of playing on the wing and having sort of that sort of depth. The year before that, obviously, you had PV as well. You had Agbo again, you had McCuller, you had Shannon. You had wings that can more or less play every minute for you. You could have two wings on the court at all times, guys that were extremely versatile. Next year, the roster, as of now, looks like it's going to be built in a way that you're really stacked with guards. Obviously, you've got Malik Wilson, that looks like he's going to be on the roster. You've got Daniel Bacho as a big. And it looks like from the way that the transfer market is shaping out, I'm not going to say that the only guys Tech is going to get are guards and bigs. It's way too early in the process to tell that. But as of now, it looks like your major transfer additions are at least your top three in Demario Williams, potentially for us, IMAC. And then along with that, you also have the point guard prospect that I was referencing to, and maybe even Kendrick Davis. And you're talking about three or four guys that Tech has been at a minimum strongly linked to, and none of them are wings. You have Tyree Key, who kind of plays a little bit of that role, but A, I think he's going to Tennessee, and B, I think that his style is more towards being a ball of dominant guard so the point is tyson is going to be a three to four hybrid in your lineup and i don't think the tech's going to fill out the roster in a way where that's completely redundant with other guys i think that you're going to see that he's going to have a role to play on the wing now is he going to start we'll have to see i think that again the way that tech fills out the roster it's way too early to tell a guy like kevin o'banner could come back tj shannon could come back you could add another guy that isn't even in the portal yet i mean things change fast that's one thing to keep in mind about college basketball is a lot can change in a short amount of time. And so exactly what role Tyson plays is to be determined, but I think the general philosophy of what he's going to provide to you is pretty clear. It's going to be a wing that can play the three or the four. He can play alongside both guys that are small. He can play enough small ball lineup or a tall ball lineup. You could see him play with two other bigs, or you could see him play with three guards. I think both of those are possible. He's going to be a guy that can space the floor. He can play in the pick and pop. He can play, as an off-ball creator, I think you do a little bit of ball creation. I'm not overly optimistic, but certainly I think you'll see a little bit of it, especially in non-conference play. And generally speaking, his role is just going to be to be an offensive spark plug for you. He's going to provide the spacing and provide sort of some of the role man opportunities. I'm interested to see how he can play in the short role. I think that there's a little bit to see there. I saw it a little bit on high school tape in terms of his vision is a little bit under underrated and overlooked, in my opinion. So I'm interested to see how he could play in the short role. And I think the finishing around the rim is going to be intriguing to watch as well. Not really an above-the-rim type of player, but certainly someone that can finish efficiently. But the shot, it's just that's the key for him. If he can shoot at a 37 to 40% clip, be a really good and efficient floor spacer, he's going to get a lot of minutes for you. Defensively, I think it's a little bit harder to project. I don't have him as that positive of a defender and athlete, but it's not something that I think he's a – complete liability on. I think that it's something that he's been working on and also an area where if he's going to get minutes, he's going to have to play well. And I feel like he has the defensive IQ to be able to play well and he can match up. He's got good length. He's got good size. He's someone that can play a pretty integral role as a wing. So defensively, I think he's going to have, be able to hold his own and warrant a good amount of minutes. So offensively, four spacing, role man, playing the three to four defensively, just getting on the court, not making too many mistakes, being the high IQ defender that I think he can be. That's the crucial part. He's a flexible piece. He's versatile. He fits in with this tech roster, regardless of if they 
play with a lot of bigs or with a lot of smalls. It's not one of those situations where you're having to rely on him being a situational spot miss type of guy. I feel confident saying that he's going to be in the rotation. And beyond that, it's all down to how he performs and how Tech fills out the rest of the roster. So I hope that's a good insight. We'll talk more on him as the roster starts to fill out more, as we can get a good look at what his more refined role is going to be. It's a little bit too early in the offseason to tell that. But certainly talking about Tyson is one of the things that intrigues me because, like you mentioned, we have not really talked about him that much. He's just been kind of the end of the roster. We haven't needed to discuss him over the course of the season because he hasn't been playing. And in terms of future additions, he's been on the roster so long. It's easy to forget that he's still technically a new addition to next year's roster, much like Kevin McCuller was back in 2019-2020. So that's all. Thank you for the question. And we'll be doing more of these in the future in the offseason. So in the future, please ask your question if you have one. And we appreciate all the feedback and support we get. So you can follow me, Eddie Racer 41 to be in the know on whenever we throw another mailbag or just simply want feedback on what we're doing and ask for potential more top, potentially more topics. You can follow Ryan at our main LBK. He will be back next week. You can follow the official Locked On Texas Tech podcast at Locked On TTU to stay up to date with what we're doing and what new episodes we've dropped. And we appreciate all your support. Continue to subscribe on YouTube. We've reached 340 subscribers at this point. Really appreciative of that. And also on you can subscribe to or you can follow our feeds wherever you get your podcast that we appreciate all the support there as well continue to get good listens we're going to have some nice information about the spring game coming up in the next couple of days as well as continuing to finish up the season reviews from this past basketball season and taking a look at some of the new additions from the transfer portal as well as whatever news may come our way so thank you for making locked on texas tech your first listen every day we'll be back tomorrow to talk about something but for now, make your second listen Locked On NFL Draft, where Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with inside analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts, just like Texas Tech. And in the meantime, stay tuned because I have no idea what this offseason is going to bring. But for now, I'll see you tomorrow, and we hopefully will be talking about a new edition. Thanks for making Locked on Texas Tech your first lesson every day. I will see you tomorrow.